And so we are watching as the human self, the human body ascends and evolves into a more crystalline structure, which is what most of the other races are made up of, right? Is a crystalline structure. That's why they're able to move throughout the multiverse so easily. Hello, my loves. This is Johanna Burkhart. I am a multidimensional channel, teacher, healer, and author. And I am obsessed with all things metaphysical, esoteric, galactic, and of course, the healing journey. And I'm here to share my stories, my wisdom, and my teachings about being human in the illusion that we call reality. Welcome to Cosmic Blonde. Hello, my loves. Oh, Gosh, have you guys been feeling the frequency increases on the planet? Have you been feeling the ascension energies? They have been off the charts the last month as we have been entering into this massive convergence of where we're each being asked to to really embody the higher frequencies. Um and do the work to integrate that density, which is what ascension is. It's technically ascension is the process of carbon moving into crystalline and our bodies is what is carbon. Our body is carbon. The density in our body is carbon. And so we are watching as the human self, the human body ascends and evolves into a more crystalline structure which is what most of the other races are made up of, right? Is a crystalline structure. That's why they're able to move throughout the multiverse so easily. It's why they reside in a different frequency. It's harder for them to actually be in this physical plane. And so I really felt guided to have a conversation about that and really talk about how do you know when you are embodying higher frequencies? Like what are some of the signs And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I have done YouTube's videos on ascension um, and, you know, ascension symptoms and, you know, different things that I have done. And so that's all there on YouTube. And some of that will probably cross in into this a little bit. But I want to talk about some of the common ones and then some of the ones that I kind of was sitting with and I had to sit with my own team of guides and say, like, what is this? What's happening? Because oftentimes we can mistake it for a medical illness or, you know, we can Google symptoms, you know, WebMD and sit in fear. (laughs) We're now dying, (laughs) you know, or something major is happening. When a lot of the time, in my case in particularly, and I can only reference myself and the clients that I personally worked with, it's energy. It's actually us going through upgrades. It's things happening inside of our body that uh, doctors can't understand. There's no physical tests that can measure it. I mean, science is taking the unknown and bringing it into the known, but what if the technology and the frequency and the understanding is beyond what our logical mind can conceive um, or that can be fit into a box of what we call scientific discovery? And so we have to keep these things in mind. I will say as we go into this, always trust your own resonance, your own intuition, be your own advocate hundred percent of the time. If what I say at any given time, 
whether it's here or, or elsewhere, doesn't resonate with you, it's not for you at this time. It doesn't mean that it won't come back around for you. It just means that it's not something that you're, you're not on that level with that yet. It's not a resonance. So you always have to trust your inner knowing. And I find that even those who don't necessarily think they're hearing their intuition, you guys, we always know when something ain't right. You know, so if something's going on and, and you're like, this just ain't right, there's no reason for this to be happening. That's when you want to kind of start to sit with yourself and learn to read your energy, learn to read your body, learn to communicate with your intuition and really um, develop that communication and that connection so that you can serve your body, so you can help yourself in a ways that other people are not going to be able to help you. So with that, um, here are some of the things that we're going to go through that are um, common, that I have seen as common for myself and people I've worked with, that kind of tells you that you're embodying higher frequencies. And as you embody higher frequencies, we have what we call light bodies that come online. And the, these are celestial bodies, but there are other terms besides celestial bodies. But this is when our light body starts to be more in charge than our density. So we've allowed, we've opened our heart enough, we've allowed enough light in for the light to start to kind of run the show, if you will. And that becomes our energy source. That becomes uh, the thing that wants to take the lead. And when that happens, there's a lot of physical things in our body and in our reality that shift and change. They have to. Because we're now running on a more of a divine electrical system, if you will. Um, and so some of the things that I noticed, I'm just going to go over them. I, I'm actually being called to go back to the beginning of my journey. And so I'm an extrovert. Surprise, surprise, right? I'm an extrovert. Um, I love connection. I love people. I love group events. I love concerts. I love um, any type of outdoor activity, barbecue, wedding, whatever. I love events. And one of the things that I noticed at the beginning of my journey, and I know most people will probably resonate with this, is I became ultra sensitive. Almost felt like overnight, but in a very short window of time, I noticed this shift of where it was now increasingly more difficult for me to go to parties, to go to live events, to go to concerts to even just be around a bunch of people, I noticed that I was becoming more sensitive. And in the beginning, I didn't know that's what it was. I saw it as anxiety. Some people may label it social anxiety, but I saw it more as anxiety back then because I didn't know what I didn't know, right? And so it was interesting because I had never really been an anxious person. It wasn't really anything I ever really had anxiety. And to be honest, a lot of my life, I numbed away any of my pain anyway. So I drank or I shopped or I didn't have one particular crutch. I had them all. I would just pick the flavor of the day <laughs> to avoid my pain and avoid my problems. So I could have had anxiety all of this time and just not really noticed it, right? But when you remove all the vices and you're sitting with yourself, these things also develop. So it could have been either one. But I have noticed with the theme with other people as well, that generally when we start to open our heart more and we start to allow more of the light in and embody our light, 
this is when we become more sensitive. So things, we take things more personally, we feel other people's things. And this is where we really start to question a, a lot of things, right? Because you may have been in a great mood and then you left and you went to someone else's house or you got in the car with your husband or your wife and all of a sudden your moods changed or you start to crave things that you don't normally crave. Um, my ex-husband loved donuts. And so whenever I was craving donuts or sugar in general, um, I always knew it was him, but it took a while. It took a while to discern and figure that out, right? This is why I'm, I'm always preaching and in most of my courses teaching energy management, how to read your energy, how to discern what's yours and what's someone else's, how to build that dictionary. Because I find that it's one of the most imperative skills, survival skills for anybody who's on an awakening journey, anybody who's on a self-awareness journey, because that's all an awakening is, is you becoming more aware of yourself, more aware of, of who you really truly are, uh, that we have forgotten, right? Which is part of the human game. It's to close the door to that a little bit and to forget and find our way back. It's kind of a demented game when you think about it, <laughs> but it is what it is. So anyway, it's trying to stay on topic here, just becoming more sensitive to people, to where you're feeling other people's feelings more than you normally would. You're, I started crying and I've, I listen, I have more water in my chart than most people. My sun, moon, rising, and Venus are all water. Two of them are cancer. One's Pisces, one's Scorpio. I have a lot of emotions in my chart and that's awesome. So I've always been a bit of an emotional person, but I was crying at commercials. I was crying at the the, I, my emotions, my level of feeling was so intense. And so that was one of the very first things I noticed was just my level of sensitivity to not be able to handle and enjoy the things that I once did, like being around people and being outside <laughs> and being around events, you know, um, it became, it's, it became increasingly challenging today. I don't have that problem anymore. I'm very discerning. I'm able to manage my energy extremely well. Uh, and that is why I'm, again, I'm a huge preacher and teacher of energy management and discernment and reading your own body because it is a tool that has literally changed and saved my life on multiple occasions. The second thing that I noticed was I went through a phase and I this is where everybody's gonna be a little bit different but there were foods I could no longer tolerate. So I actually used to consider myself a meat-itarian. Um, I really enjoyed steak, prime rib, more protein-based. I literally lived on Atkins diet for most of my life. I felt the best when I was on a high-protein diet. And not that I didn't enjoy fruit or potatoes or breads, I did. I mean, I'm German, potatoes and bread, that's like a staple. But I noticed that it was weird. It was like one day I noticed that, actually, let me back up. Let me, let me, because I'm missing a piece here. I had the internal knowing. Again, we're going to talk about this, right? Because I said before, we all kind of know like that I should not eat red meat anymore. And I was very resistant, very resistant to not eating red meat anymore. And so as we went on, right, within months of that knowing, I started to notice that meat started to taste different. It didn't taste as good. And then pretty soon it started to taste like disgusting. 
Like I, I couldn't stomach it. And then I couldn't even look at red meat. So I went to chicken. And pretty soon I couldn't eat chicken anymore. And then I, so I stuck with eggs and pretty soon I couldn't eat eggs anymore. And I was, this is about the time that I was um, discovering that I had adrenal fatigue and I started doing my own research and becoming my own advocate because the doctors that I was seeing were all telling me that I was crazy, that I, all these symptoms that I had, it was impossible to have all these symptoms. And again, it comes back to what we said in the beginning, right? Where a lot of these symptoms and these things show up, it's not going to make logical sense to a Western medicine doctor because it, it's just not, it doesn't fit in the parameters of what they've been taught. And if you go to a doctor, one that's transparent, they'll tell you, like we were taught from a book and we were taught that if it doesn't fit in this box, we can't really help you because they're taught not to be intuitive. They're taught not to go outside that box because they're not really there to do preventative. They're there to fix you, right? They're there to diagnose you and to give you a medicine. Like that's the whole point of, of this. And so anyway, not getting help by any of the doctors really pushed me into more of a holistic environment anyway. And so I began doing research on my symptoms and how to heal them. And I learned that a high fruit diet heals the adrenals and it heals the kidneys and it heals a lot of things in the body. And that fruit is actually the highest frequency thing that we can eat, that there's actually a lot of vegetables that are actually not good for our bodies. Um, and not that necessarily that meat is bad, but I think that there's a time and period of our life where we have to take things out of our diet and meat is super acidic. And I was having, I had an acid imbalance. So I had a lot of the, I had no good acids and I had a lot of bad acids. And I also had spent, you know, 35, 40 years of my life repressing uh, holding down my emotions, like just burying them so that I could survive. And so the day I let go of that, of the weight that was holding everything down, it was like unwinding 40 years of tightrope. And it just released all of this lactic acid from my bones and threw me in to such a deep level of adrenal fatigue that I I struggled to get out of bed. I was wired and tired. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't, I hadn't slept in weeks. Uh, at one point it was months. And so I was like desperate to heal this. And a lot of adrenal fatigue healing comes from mindfulness and regulating your nervous system and, um, you know, energy management, which were all things I was already working on, but I needed to do more physical things. And so I actually went raw vegan for a while. And Pretty soon I, I would add in other things that were cooked and, and just stayed on the vegan lifestyle for a while. And after like three years, I mean, I'm, I cut out caffeine, I cut out coffee, all of those things, anything that was super acidic in the bad acids, like, like citrus is super acidic, but it's the good acids, right? So I noticed that that was the second thing for me was I had to leave behind meat. Now I have since brought... In fact, last year, 23 was the year I brought meat back in and I will eat a little bit of red meat, but for the most part, I stick with turkey uh, and occasionally I'll have eggs, but I'm still not real keen on, and, and sometimes I'll have a little bit of chicken, but 
I'm very particular about my sources of protein. I do a lot of pea protein. Anyway, that is a theme though that I've seen with clients, not necessarily meat, but them thing, things that they always enjoyed and always could eat or maybe even could wear. Like I changed my makeup. I went to an EU standard approved makeup uh, or a vegan makeup. I started buying products that weren't ultrally, weren't processed. You know, I went to a whole food diet. I quit buying products that had a bunch of chemicals in them. I changed my cleaning supplies. I changed my skincare. I went a chemical-free lifestyle and started doing things that were natural and from the earth. And that took, that happened over a series of years. And again, there's a ton of videos on YouTube on supplements that I've taken and things that I've done over the years. I usually do one video a year. I actually have not done one in a while, but I noticed that I had to start cutting things out. I literally could not tolerate them anymore. I would have a physical reaction. And that still happens, by the way, because every now and then I'll still have processed sugar or I'll, or I'll have seed oils and I will literally have an allergic reaction. I will wake up, I will have super puffy eyes. I will be swollen. My skin will look dry and cracked. Like it, I just look ragged because my body, and you can smell it. Like my, my body is so clean that it immediately tries to purge it. And you can just smell the toxins coming out because I sit in the sauna. So it's, it's horrific, but every now and then I still do it. Uh, I quit drinking alcohol for quite a long time and I still haven't gone back to caffeine. Uh, caffeine is an, is an upper. Uh, I don't, if you like coffee, great. I mean, decaf is processed, right? It's a process to remove the caffeine. So now I've brought coffee back in at night, especially the past couple of weeks. I've really been enjoying a, a nice organic decaf cup of coffee at, at the end of the evening. It's almost become like a little treat for me. But I haven't had caffeine since 2017. I was 24, so that's that's seven years without caffeine. And it's so funny because some of the people who know me the best, they're like, let's give her caffeine and see what happens. <laughs> I don't think anything would happen. I think I'd just be more jittery and more, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to manage my nervous system as well, probably. I would feel it because it's an external thing that I'm putting into my body, you know? So those are the first two, right? So crowds, and then the things you put on or in your body, recognizing when there's things that you've always used that now are not no longer serving you, or you're starting to have symptoms like your hair falling out, um, you know, or your skin rash, like there's physical effects of the things that you're using or eating that you never really had before. The, the next thing that came for me was still on the level of sensitivity, but it was as things were opening up for me. Um, again, this is where we, we learn boundaries and discernment of what's mine and what's yours. Like I had to learn when things were too much for me and when, and when I needed more of something, because when you open up your extrasensory abilities, everything is amplified. So your normal hearing is amplified. Your normal sight is amplified. Things change with your hearing and your sight when you open those extrasensory abilities. Now think about your body when you're opening your heart and you're opening your body, right? So we have to be very discerning of that. So I had to learn and develop boundaries and be able to say no and be like, listen, I can't go to this or I can't do this or 
I was fine, but now I need to step aside. So like now when I go to a concert, um, I will leave the concert um, chair and go up and find a quiet space for 10 or 15 minutes, especially in between bands, but just enough to kind of take some breaths, kind of, you know, regather myself and go back in so that I'm not overdoing it. You know, I'm kind of putting myself in, in, into a nice rhythm. <sighs> so those are the two that usually happen the most with that will become relationship changes, right? Because when you actually start to embody higher frequencies, your frequency becomes higher. And so think of frequency as levels on a, like floors of a building. Couldn't get those words out, like floors of the building. So let's say your whole life, you have lived on the third floor and all of a sudden you embody so much light that you now live, not visit, you live on the fourth floor. It's not that you still won't see people on the third floor, but you won't resonate with them anymore. And so you will have disagreements or you'll be around them and you'll just kind of feel repelled or they'll kind of stop reaching out to you because they're no longer resonating with you. And so I noticed that was the other big thing and was that I, I lost a lot of friends. And a lot of those people there's a good chunk of them that I'm still acquaintances with and that I still talk to occasionally, but my circle went from, you know, 50, 60 people deep to like five and down at one point, I think I had three, like me included. So two other people, your circle gets super small because we don't have the energy or the desire to vulnerably and openly and unconditionally connect to that many people. And we no longer feel that it's authentic to have that kind of connection with so many people. And so we are very selective. We become very selective of who we want to give our energy to, who we want to let into our field and who, who you know, is a resonant match for us. And in the beginning, it doesn't feel that way. In the beginning, it feels like you're losing people or, you know, you kind of feel alone or lonely or isolated, but we have to kind of shed all of these extra people, places, and things that aren't serving us so that we can focus on us. And so oftentimes a period of isolation will happen when you're going through embodying higher frequencies a period of isolation. So maybe for you, it's three months. Maybe for you, it's three years. Maybe it's longer where you either feel the call to be alone or you are alone because all of a sudden you don't have all the people that you always had before because you're choosing that because they're choosing that because it no longer resonates. There's a million logical egoic reasons that we can say it's because of this, but just know that everything's always connected. And so if you're experiencing any of these other things, there's going to be a theme here, right? And you're probably, a lot of you who are a little, you know, who have been on this journey for a while, you're going to be like, yes, yes, yes. And maybe they happened in different orders and that's okay too. It doesn't matter. There's no one way. It, these are just common things that let you know that you are embodying higher frequencies. So your circle gets really, really small, right? It's going to be probably five or less people. And you might think that there's something wrong with you. And I, I went through that. I thought I was the problem. I thought something was wrong with me. Why don't, why don't I have all these friends? Why don't they want to hang out with me? 
And it was because I needed to hang out with me. I needed to reconnect to me. I needed to get to know me. I needed to heal me. And I needed a very small amount of people who really, truly, unconditionally loved and accepted me to be a part of that journey. And anyone who was not or who did not have the best intentions or who were using my energy or manipulating my energy or not benefiting or lowering my frequency, they had to go. And sometimes when we're not willing to let them go, we create a problem in our life to force them to go or something comes up, right? So that's another one of those things where it's where you go through a period um, of isolation. One of the things that I dislike, this is one that I dislike the most, but the more frequency you embody, the higher the frequency you embody, right? The more light you embody, the more your light body is running the show and is the dominant control, the less you're going to sleep. And I'm sorry to tell you that. Sleep is one of my favorite things to do, which I find ironic because when we're sleeping, we're actually truly awake in the real reality. And when we're awake, we're actually sleeping. That's why they call it an awakening, right? Because majority of people are walking around sleeping. Their waking hours are actually when they're asleep, they're disconnected or they've shut off their intuition, the knowing of who they really are. And then they go to sleep and they go into the astral planes and they go into different realities and they astral travel and they, they meet loved ones in their sleep or have prophetic dreams and visions. And they don't realize that that's real. It's not really a dream state. It's them in another reality or another time space reality. And I think that's hilarious that my favorite thing to do on earth is to sleep besides being in nature, of course, because it means that I'm not on the planet, right? I'm, I'm leaving my body and going to other places, but it is what it is. But the body doesn't actually need sleep. It needs rest. And there's a difference. So rest is when your nervous system is completely rested right? It's in the rest and digest phase. And so when I'm not sleeping or when I can sleep, I do have things that I do, like I'll use valerian root. The liquid is, I have found is the best. And that kind of calms my nervous system and sometimes can allow me to get a little bit of sleep. Um, you can increase dark cherries, cherry juice, definitely magnesium. I take four different types of magnesium on a daily basis, I would be lost without magnesium. It is one of, magnesium is one of the best supplements to take to assist with energy management. And don't just take any magnesium. Like if you have access to my Amazon store, I list all the magnesiums that I take currently, except for one, there's a magnesium, eh, the magnesium spray might be on there. Anyway, um, there's a lot of crappy supplements on the market. So if you're buying it at Walmart or the grocery store or even GNC, you should probably throw it out. The least amount of ingredients in your supplements is where it's at. You want to be taking the thing that it is and not a bunch of fillers. So magnesium helps. There are things you can do to help. You can set your circadian rhythm by getting up on the sunrise and, and getting your eyes to see the sunset. There's so many things that you can do, but just know that if you're at the stage of your journey where you're not sleeping, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it sucks. Meditation is where it's at. And so at night I turn on, I have a YouTube playlist, so it automatically loops and plays just those 
frequencies. Um, I have a mixture. So I have flute, I have sound bowls, I have drums, and I have different ones that intertweaved kind of take me on a little bit of a journey that helps a lot, but there are still, I have days where I get not one minute of sleep and it's just, and I, I still to this day fight with it a little bit. I'm way better now than I ever was before, but the guides have said that sleep is one of the things that the more light you sustain in your body, the less sleep you actually need because you're awake. Get it? An awakening? You're awake. You're powered by the divine. So while the human vessel needs rest, lay in your bed, read, listen to meditation music, let your nervous system go into rest and digest, let your body rest by being still for hours. But it doesn't mean get up. It doesn't mean definitely don't be on your phone. Shut everything down and just be in a state of rest and digest, a state of meditation. And if it wasn't for that practice, I I, I don't I think I probably would have gone crazy by now because not sleeping is is such a hard thing for me. I love to sleep. And then there are times where it's very rarely, but in the mass since September, I think there's only been like two nights where I slept soundly through the night. Oftentimes when I do sleep, it's because I'm in the astral planes, either working something out in my subconscious and I'm playing it out in the astral plane so that I don't have to play it out in the physical realm um, or I'm working and I'm going into another reality or I'm in someone else. I'm I'm working with somebody else in the astral planes. You would be shocked at how many messages I get from people who are like, I dreamt about you last night and this is what we did. And a lot of the times I remember the dream because I was there. <laughs> I was there helping. So sleep, sleep is a hard one. Sleep is a hard one. But these are just some of the things that you can start to feel as you embody more light. The other one is your level of self-awareness. When you really start to embody a lot of light, your self-awareness almost, I hate to say it becomes a hindrance because it's never really a hindrance, but like you no longer are ever going to be the victim you're so self-aware that you wit you watch and observe yourself do things knowing that that's probably not good for you, but that you need to do it because you need to see the whole thing play out so you can find the one little thing that needs to be tweaked so that you never have to play it out again. Like you're just very self-aware. And what happens is what I have found anyway with me is that there is still density that lives in my body that's having a reaction to my physical circumstances while my self-awareness is like, we know what's happening. We know what's happening for us. This isn't a big deal. This is all a dream. It, it's, you know, it's not a big deal, but my body is screaming, this is the end. It's death, you know, because your body is having a dense physical experience and that energy is in there. And so you want so badly to, to regulate your nervous system and to not react and to not have this feeling because you know better, because you have expanded that self-awareness and you're aware enough to know what is happening, but yet you, you feel a, a level of being trapped almost in your body by your body's visceral response to what is happening, right? To your circumstances. And, and 
So those last two are the ones that um, I still experience and still work through. And I'm sure we'll be able to add to this throughout the years. But I really felt called to just kind of come on and just talk about some of these things that we can experience as we embody more light. Obviously, there's other ones, you know, like communicating um, with your higher self, communicating with your guides, your intuition being more on point, you know, being more creative, leaving your nine to five job and, you know, completely changing your life in some crazy direction. There are so many little nuances of different people's journeys, but the, these are the, the ones that we've mentioned so far are some of the bigger ones. Um, you will also start to notice that you need way more minerals than is provided. And what this, again, why a lot of times people go on a on it to completely like shift their diet, you know, where they're more whole foods, but you start to have to supplement more and you need more minerals and you drink water more for the movement of energy because water is a conductor and being in nature is a conductor. That's another one. You'll have this thirst or this desire to just be in nature all the time. You know, you want to connect to trees. You want to go live in the forest. You want to go be in water or near water, like nature and animals becomes your priority over people <laughs> because they're unconditional and they're loving and they're gentle on your energy field. So this is a question that I happen to get a lot, which is how do you know if you're embodying higher frequencies? Well, these are some of the things that you have to start navigating through as you do, as you embody more frequencies, right? So you'll no longer be able to tolerate processed food. You will no longer be able to tolerate toxic people. You will no longer have weak, you know, you will no longer have weak boundaries where you allow yourself to be in situations or around people that aren't serving you. You'll start to say no to things that you don't actually want to do. You start to develop this divine respect and trust for yourself and knowing even when it doesn't match everyone else's because you realize that you are no longer a part of the mass that's just blindly walking forward asleep. You are the sole little light going in a completely different direction with very few other people. And because of that, you're judged more, you're ridiculed more, and you know, you're you're made to feel like you're you're wrong or you're doing the wrong thing. And you're not. You're just following your light. You are the light. And sometimes our light gets so bright that it blinds people, and that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't mean you have to turn yours down. It just means that you're not with the right people. So I hope that this podcast was able to give you some clarity or some guidance on what you may be experiencing on your journey of becoming more self-aware and embodying more light. Kind of give you some insight on that and help you not feel so alone, or if you've been questioning some of these things, now you know. Um, the last one that I wasn't going to bring on, but I feel kind of called to, I feel like I, I kind of skipped over this one. Um, and I don't know how many people, so if you have this experience or you've had you've had it or you're having it, please let me know. It's almost like, do you know that feeling when your legs are asleep 
and you get the little pins and needles, like maybe you've sat on your legs crisscross applesauce too long, when you start to have that feeling in your body. So a lot of people feel the tingles on the on the top of their crown when energy is coming in, when they're getting a download of frequency or information, when you feel the little tingles on your head. But when you start to feel those tingles within you for no reason, like for me, I can feel it in my lip or the side of my face. I actually had half of my body went numb and it slowly did that. And I was actually misdiagnosed with a stroke um, and they put me on seizure medicine and this really powerful medicine that um, was the clot buster that could have killed me in its own right. Three days in ICU, they determined I did not have a stroke. Uh, mind you, I was in my thirties, did not have a stroke. I was three days out of getting, I just got married three days before. And late a couple of years later, my guides, when I was really starting to communicate with my guides, they came in and said, that was your light body coming online, but you had so much density in your body that it almost made your body paralyzed because it was just taking over. And it was very interesting because it started on the left side and the left side is where we receive energy, right? So that was the side that went numb as that energy came in, that light body was coming online they actually had to stop the light body coming online. And your guides will intervene, by the way, if something's hurting you or it's going to cause you more detriment for that upgrade to continue, they will stop it. They stopped the upgrade um, because there was too many external things. I was misunderstanding what was happening to me. So if you ever feel that tingling in your, in your body, in a part of your body where you're like, why do I have this numbness or this tingling here or there? Just know that that's density, being alchemized into light because more of your light body is coming online. So that is an unusual one that you're not going to hear a lot of people talk about. Um, I have heard many people have this experience, not just myself. I haven't heard of many people being dis misdiagnosed with a stroke and it being that extreme, but oftentimes people feel that and they, they don't understand what's happening in their body. Another one can be low back pain especially if you're going through a kundalini awakening or you're going through the kundalini awakening phase of your awareness journey of your awakening journey. Um, and that can change how you feel and you know, how your lower back feels um, right at your sit bones all the way up to your spine. It can change your sexual chemistry, your sexual energy. And that's probably a whole other episode to be honest, but these are just some of the things that you can experience as you begin to embody and hold higher frequencies um, in your body for, for long-term time, right? Sustainment. So I hope that this helps. I hope this podcast was helpful. And please let me know if it resonated with you. I love you guys. And I will see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. This episode was brought to you by johannaburkhart.com where it's time to defy the limits of your mind and step into your multidimensional mastery. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next time.